Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. That lyric makes it into Howard Tolman's column on Inc.com today. Howard Tolman is a serial entrepreneur, venture capitalist, a writer, author, <laughs> educator, and millions of people read his article on Inc.com, and he joins us every Tuesday. And I thought, oh, my gosh, he pulled out a Warren Zevon quote. Thanks for joining us, Howard. How are you? Good. Good. How are you? Perfect day outside. Unbelievable weather. Absolutely fantastic. And there's so many local yeah. things I want to ask you about as well. But let's talk about your article on Inc.com first, because, you know, it's one thing if some entities are frightened about being canceled or being called out. But when it affects the arts, uh, that 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 should be the last thing that is affected when people want to speak and want their voice to be heard, and that's starting to happen based on your article. Yeah, I I think, uh, you know, I wrote in particular about Aaron Sorkin, who obviously has a reputation for really putting it out there in terms of dialogue and, you know, starting with the West Wing and uh, all kinds of other movies and things that he's done. But, you know, it is affecting everything. I mean, when all of these historic songs and writings and books all are being, you know, cleaned up uh, for allegedly political correctness. It, it's pretty depressing. I mean, and in this case, I mean, each of those songs, I, I can't even imagine why he bothered to be upset about it. But it just goes to show that when we start trying to guess what people are going to be offended by, it's even less possible to be creative and to really, you know, push the envelope. And look, that's what startups, that's what new innovative businesses have to do every day. Otherwise, they're going to be stuck in the mud. And you talk about these startups. You talk about entrepreneurs, uh, entrepreneurs trying to manage employees who are self-editing because they don't want to say the wrong thing. And when you start doing that, you you you're just not sharing your truth. You're not being authentic. You're you're operating at a different level that you should be. Well, also, you know, Lisa, Zoom changed the whole world because. When you have, you know, 20 people on a Zoom call and they're all in these little squares, it's easy to forget that, uh, you know, Joe Schmo has been there 10 minutes and somebody else has been there 10 years. And there's no, nobody, you know, uh, keeps from just uh, putting in their two cents. And, uh, you know, I think that's going to change because I think that some of these people have really stepped on toes and, uh, you know, sort of spoken out of turn. But that's a whole nother thing where, you know, newbies think that uh, everything is about uh, democracy and every idea is a great idea. And that's never the way that businesses have operated. So we're probably going to end up seeing companies taking a step or two back from uh, that whole attitude. What do you think about the Walmarts closing in Chicago? You know, I I think that all of these stores are, you know, hard-pressed. I mean, I, I don't feel as bad about Walmart as I do about the hundreds of franchises that were sold to people who thought that was going to be their future and typically invested their life savings in a, you know, uh, uh, employee-free mattress store or the latest overnight cookie store or, 
any of these goofy things where, you know, these franchisors were perfectly happy to sell them these opportunities. And you just see them closing right or left. And, and those are people who, you know, th- that I feel a lot worse for. The, the Walmart thing is a different issue, which is, you know, how many different outlets and, you know, I, CVS is the same thing, really. I mean, you know, you're going to have communities that simply are not going to be uh, serviced anymore by pharmaceuticals, by grocery stores, all these kinds of things. And part of it is because of this craziness of going into a store and finding 80% of the things under lock and key. I mean, how how attractive is that? And I think every one of the companies is suffering mightily by what they call shrinkage because they don't want to call it shoplifting or, thre- or theft, but... This is a huge problem, and it's just getting worse. And this is all, you know, in Chicago, it's like a free-for-all. If, you know, if you're still under $1,000, Kim Fox doesn't even want to hear about it. And that's like a license to steal. Howard Tolman is a journal managing partner with G2T3V, serial entrepreneur. Our conversation is sponsored by CareerVision.org. And obviously, Walmart didn't come out and say it's because of theft, but they did in San Francisco when they announced the closing of Whole Foods today that it was due to crime and theft. And I was questioning if you make as much money as Walmart, if they can't get a grip on putting a stop to the theft, then what kind of hope is there for mom and pop shops or places along Michigan Avenue? Well, let's, listen, this has always struck me as uh, the problem with Apple. I mean, Apple tells its employees that because of the insurance risks and because of the other risks, not to do a thing when somebody walks in and just walks off with their property. And, you know, eventually I think citizens are going to be so offended that we're going to have, like, you know, vigilante justice, which is probably going to be even worse. I mean, but I'll tell you, if you're standing in line paying for something and you're watching some guy around the corner loading uh, you know, stuff into his briefcase or into his uh, knapsack, and he's about to walk out of the store. You know, I mean, people are just going to be increasingly outraged, and, and that's the world we're in right now. What do you think about the Democratic National Convention coming to Chicago? Well, I think that's good. I think, you know, all things considered, I mean, it's a huge feather in J.B.'s cap, and, you know, to a certain extent, uh, Brandon, although I don't, I think that decision was probably made before the Vallis Brandon thing was decided, but I think it's good for the city. It's about 50,000 people. Um, you know, on the other hand, I look at some of the other things going on. They said they're going to close Lakeshore Drive for six days and they're going to close all kinds of streets for the NASCAR thing. I don't know if that's a good plan or not. You know, so it'll be an interesting summer. It's going to be a very busy, chaotic summer in every respect. Yeah. You think people complain about traffic and construction now? It's going to get worse. And, Howard, obviously you're a big supporter of Paul Vallis. What do you think led to his loss? Well, look, I I think that, you know, uh, we had 37% of the people in the city vote. That's disgusting. And then half of those people uh, voted for, you know, each of the candidates, give or take 10 or 15,000 votes. But, I mean, so you look at a tiny, tiny fraction of the people who could have voted in the city, and they elected this guy. And they could have easily have elected ballots. But, I mean, the real problem is uh, it's the indifference. I mean, if voters don't care and if they, uh, you know, don't exercise their right to vote, then they really aren't in a position to complain. We did it to ourselves, and now we're going to suffer for four years of another person trying to learn the job on the job. And that's just the worst possible thing that could happen to a city with the kind of challenges that we have right now. 
Do you think that there's any chance he'll rise to the challenge? You know, if he's a good listener, if he surrounds himself with people who are really interested in the city and not in agendas, uh, that, you know, maybe maybe he will. I don't know. I mean, I suppose that's to be hoped for, but I, I would envision another, you know, exodus from the city. I mean, of businesses and of, of people because the crime and the stuff is just, it's just getting worse. It used to be if somebody was mugged, you know, you would read on in the article and it would say it was 3 a.m. in the morning or something. Now it's 3 in the afternoon and it's a woman walking her dog. I mean, and it's all over the city. And this is just, uh, this has to be stopped. And frankly, I don't think that that's one of the things that he was, that uh, Brandon has even advocated for. I mean, he's advocated for a lot of other uh, steps toward a solution. But I mean, we, we absolutely have to crack down on the lawlessness or we're not going to have a central business district or businesses. And if you don't have that engine of economic you know, wealth, you're not going to be able to support any of these other programs he's talking about. Not it's to all... mention the idea that, you know, the suburbs are a very important source of employees for us. And to say that we're going to tax people coming in from the suburbs is, you know, almost insane. Thank you so much, Howard. It's always great to talk to you. Have a great day. Thank Enjoy you. the sunshine. Take your dogs for a walk. All Be right. safe. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye.